We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket Can. It's Wednesday. It's already been a very lively show. If you missed any part of it, you can always download the Maggie and Perloff podcast or head to YouTube and you can subscribe to our YouTube page. And that's where you can find our interview with Jalen Hyatt, who just told us he thinks he's going to run basically a 4-2 something 40 (laughs) if and when he declares for the draft. Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) He didn't tell us, but (laughs) wink, wink. He was very excited to talk about his 40 time. Uh, We got a lot more to get to beyond that, Perloff. Obviously, tough day for my Buffalo Bills. And I think I'm in denial here that Vaughn Miller's season-ending knee injury is not going to completely submarine the Bills' chances of going to the Super Bowl. No, come on. Vaughn Miller is a 33-year-old pass rusher. Who's having an excellent season with eight sacks. Yeah, I don't think he's the key. I think it's Josh Allen and the offense. Now, you probably would have said that last year, and they didn't get through. And I know you need a closer, a pass rusher, but do you really feel all his loss is not the proper reaction to this? Because they're the number one seed right now. The offense, once again, I think it's sort of picked up after that little lull. Josh Allen gets rid of these turnovers. You're good. You're running the ball. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that's maybe discounting a little bit of what is going to have to happen if they're going to win the Super Bowl. That's what happened so far. So you're saying they have to get after Mahomes. They have to get after Joe Burrow. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, how about getting after, you know, Mike White's the assignment this week, then it's going to be two of the week after that. You know, the the Bills don't have a big margin for error here because the rest of the AFC East has suddenly become very good. And I think, Mm. well... Good, yes. Good to very good. The Dolphins yeah, what are was that good. Sound? <laughs> Jets, Dolphins, and even the pay- come on. Define good. Nobody's under five hundred. I think that good is your, you could have three teams from the AFC, and uh-huh. actually, your if this playoffs ended today, you would have three teams from the AFC East in the playoffs. I mean, that defines good. Okay, you guys want to do a show bet? Me versus you, AFC Easters. I'll bet you it ends up being two teams in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. I mean. Who do you think is going to fall out? Sampter's Jets? Obviously the Jets. What? They're going to be seven and six. <laughs> I'm going on the odds. They're going to be seven and six after this weekend. So, well, I mean, and I, the, the Chargers are going to blow it. The, 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 the Raiders are nothing. The Patriots are going nowhere. Who's going to catch them? Well, those three teams, for one. <laughs> all, of them, all three of them. You know, you are right. I am a little worried about my Chargers. A, <laughs> yes, now would be the appropriate time to worry about the Chargers. But honestly, with your Chargers now? Yeah. <laughs> when, did this well, when did you take over the Chargers? I just feel As like one of your teams. I think the average if you you know, if you don't have 
an AFC West team. Aren't you a Chargers fan by default? We're all Chargers fans. We all see the town. Who was not excited about the Chargers before the season? Stu's I'm Raiders. definitely not a Chargers fan. <laughs> okay. But we were all like, this is pretty exciting. Justin Herbert. Uh, did they sign Khalil Mack? Yeah. Is that guy, is he even, they traded for him. Is he even playing? I know. <laughs> yes, he, <laughs> he is. is. Uh, JC Jackson. Remember those receivers they're supposed to have those who actually never, have ever play? Awesome for them. <laughs> yeah. Those moves have been great for the Chargers. JC mm. Jackson, Khalil Mack. <laughs> fantastic. Well, listen, we were all wrong about the entire AFC West. Russell Wilson, we were wrong about that. Okay, but I'm not so sure that we are going to end up being wrong because tomorrow night is a massive night for Stu's Raiders. Yeah. Because you're playing the Rams, who just got Baker Mayfield. Like, he landed, like, last night. Somehow, there's maybe speculation that he's going to play in this game. There's no chance that can happen. They'd, they'd have to run five plays. How many plays can he learn in a day? That would well, be crazy. Okay, you're saying, but you can't then say... Stu's Raiders would have could have won, if they win tomorrow night, that's four in a row. Yeah. And their schedule is not that crazy. So we weren't saying in July, oh man, if we, you know, they just got Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, maybe they'll improve to six and seven. I mean, come on, this is still a disappointing season. Well, and by the way, it's not over yet, though. So you can't say it's disappointing. It has been disappointing, but let's see where they end up. Okay, if they go nine and eight, that is a disappointment. They're not covering their, well, actually, their win total was right around nine, wasn't it? But yeah, it was. I think it's a disappointment. I think from where they were. And by the way, Stu had his defense player of the week. Guess who it was in the AFC? It was Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones. And it was Nick Bosa in the NFC. So Maggie and I were both right about that. <laughs> but Chandler Jones, you're right. Chandler Jones finally shows up. Uh, Khalil Mack. Remember that name? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, watching him when he plays with the Chargers. So you got the Rams. Then you host New England if you're the Raiders. You're at Pittsburgh. San Francisco now. No Jimmy Garoppolo. Brock Purdy era. And then Kansas City is obviously going to be a tough one. But if Kansas City's locked into the one seed or yeah. locked into the two seed, maybe it's uh, Chad Henney, right? And not uh, Patrick Mahomes. That changes things. There's a path here for the Raiders. Oh, yeah. No. So your That's prediction about the gonna... AFC East might not be that bad. I think, Excuse me, AFC I think there's going to be a lot of difference. I think the Jets are going to have some really tough matchups. Uh, Sam, I know you know their schedule memorized, but I feel like it's going to be a lot harder. It's been a great start for the Jets. But like the Giants, I feel like the pumpkin is being smashed as we speak. Well, the Jets' schedule coming up is obviously they're at Buffalo this week. Then Detroit. Got a little tough. nugget on Detroit in just a moment. Jacksonville after that got a little something on them too in just a moment. That's winnable. Then you're at Seattle and then you finish out the season at Miami. Again, maybe Miami is locked into something there. That's a win, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. Five and oh right there. Fair. There you go. Um, Objective. So, okay. Interesting about what's gonna go on in the AFC. Now, two quick things that we wanted to get to. Again, there's like been a lot of football news that's kind of been coming around here. One, we saw that Trevor Lawrence did kind of valiantly go back into the game against Detroit last week. The Jags got smoked. It didn't make a difference, but he looked fine. Now, according to Ian Rappaport and Doug Peterson, I guess, said he is day-to-day up in the air on whether or not he's going to play this week. So that's a little something. Yeah. Um, um, although, I mean, they're not in the playoffs. We were wondering last week. You actually asked this question. Why did he go back in? Why did he go back in the game? What's going on here with Jacksonville? If he's day-to-day, why not just keep him out until he's 100%? Because all that matters in Jacksonville is the long term. Absolutely. I have no idea. Uh, he didn't practice today, um, and that's where all the speculation now is coming from. What they play, think, they're at Tennessee this week. Could it have been a case? Because it looked so bad when it happened. We thought, oh, man, he's done for the season, possibly. Adrenaline flowed into his body and made him okay because he was running. He was scrambling at full strength yeah, adrenaline. in that game. <laughs> 
So mixed with something else, maybe. Oh, yeah, some sort of <laughs> pain blocker. Maybe. Yeah, I, I would definitely err towards the side of caution if I'm the Jags, which helps your Jets, Mike. There you go. Definitely. Um, so, okay, that's one of the other nuggets that we have. This is another thing that is going to start getting a lot of attention in the next couple of days. So want to bring it to you now, which is the calls that we get about the disrespect for the Minnesota Vikings. I understand why those calls come to the media, right? Because we talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, Perloff's Philadelphia Eagles. We talk a lot about the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC, and we don't talk a lot about the Minnesota Vikings. Well, this is no longer a media story. This is not a media story about the Minnesota Vikings getting disrespected. This is now a Las Vegas story because the Minnesota Vikings are two-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road to the Detroit Lions this week. Think about that. The 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings facing the 5-7, and seven, I believe, Detroit Lions. And right now, the Lions are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. That is not the media disrespecting the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I mean, it's been going on all season long, right? They were only three-point favorites over the Jets in Minnesota. Yeah. And I know the game ended up being kind of close. Well, I mean, here's the thing with Minnesota. To their credit, they they might go up by three touchdowns, or they might be down by three touchdowns. It's going to be an exciting fourth quarter. <laughs> the game is going to come down to the last score. <laughs> You're right about that. Uh, and there is so much momentum for the Detroit Lions. They're kind of America's team once again. I don't know. Remember Jamal? Get a call Will- yesterday yeah. making the case that Tom, Tom Brady. Brady should go there. You know, we haven't talked a lot about how Jamal Williams was crying in hard knocks before the season, and we kind of laughed at it. But he's a superstar now, 14 touchdowns. I don't know anyone who doesn't love the Detroit Lions. Now, that that is surprising. I was shocked when you read me that spread. Uh, I still don't feel that comfortable <laughs> picking the Vikings for some reason. I feel like the, the Lions have a great chance in this game. The Vikings' pass defense is not good, and Jared Goff's playing really well. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So that's just a little bit from around the NFL. Obviously, the headline today in terms of football is the Vaughn Miller injury, which I'm talking myself out of (laughs) like no they're gonna be fine this is what it looks like when uh, your girl just gets delusional nathan is in los angeles wants to talk about jimmy garoppolo hey nathan how are you i am good good to talk to you guys again great to talk with you what's on your mind so i'll i'll build this out i'll try to go quickly but i i kind of liken jimmy g's career it's as if to me the football gods are have like a yo-yo in their hand Okay. And for those who don't know what a yo-yo is... We all know what a yo-yo you know, is. Two, well, you know what it is, but youngins may not know what a yo-yo is. You don't get the <laughs> Wait, what? The, yeah. the young people may not know who a, what a yo-yo is. How old do you me, think our me, audience is? Five? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, let, let, me, let me get back to the story. Um, so he goes, to, he goes to San Francisco. He does all his tricks. He gets to the Super Bowl. Oh, pull it back to the hand. He's not quite good enough. Fast forward. We get to, we get to this year. We've got a new quarterback. We're throwing Jimmy out to whatever team might want him. They never want him. They don't get him. He sits there. Oh, look at that. Trey Lance gets injured. We're back on the field. We're we're doing tricks again. We're back to, you yeah. know. No, I got it. Caliber. And then pull it back. Yep. And, here, and then pull it back once again. But, oh, wait, he might not be done for the year. We're just hearing now. Yeah. And here's my, and here's my end scenario. Somehow, with Brock Purdy, the Niners get to the – NFC title game. Jimmy comes back, 
plays in the title game, gets them to the Super Bowl, but they lose the Super Bowl, and the Niners quit on them once again to go on to Trey Lance, and Jimmy gets tossed over to Tampa to replace Tom, which he was supposed to do five years ago before he ever went to San Francisco. Yeah, interesting. Nathan, uh, I appreciate the analogy. I think we all know what a yo-yo is. I think even young people know what they are, but Ooh. I appreciate it nonetheless. So I just picture you some 15-year-old in a car out there saying, Dad, what's a yo-yo? <laughs> is it yo-yos don't exist well, anymore? Well, nobody plays with yo-yos don't anymore. Mess like with the, the my dad was a Bronx yo-yo champion growing up. So. Yeah, of course. Every one of my birthday parties, they were yo-yo around the world and eating spaghetti, walk the dog. Yeah, I got I got all the yo-yos. So I, <laughs> I got you, all the yo-yos, all the yo-yo tricks. Um, I forgot wow. the word tricks. Okay, so that's an interesting question. I don't want to get away from the 49ers and not, not skirting that at all. But what do you think about parents who have skills like that performing at their kids' birthday parties? Because, to this be honest, a, Samter, did it become a little bit more about your dad than about you at the party? Oh, 100%. Now, it was fine. It was cool, like, when you were, like, five, six, seven, and, like, you would throw the yo-yo up in the air and do all these cool tricks and, and shine your shoes. And, like, all the kids loved it. When I was, like, 14 and he's still doing it, doing my friends grief. were like, what the hell is your dad doing? <laughs> like, why is your dad playing with your yo-yo? Like, let's go play video games right now. Your dad was doing yo-yo tricks at your birthday party when you were 14. How do you have any friends? <laughs> you said I had friends. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just, I don't know. Uh, this, there's so much wrong. <laughs> my dad had all the yo-yos. So. <laughs> yo-yo um, trash talk. That is Now, kids might not know what yo might know what yo-yos are. Nobody's yo-yo trash talking like the Maggie and Perloff show. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently. We've got that market cornered. Uh, did us. people know hula hoops? Probably, right? Definitely. Guys, hmm. it's not... Young people today still like oh. are in this world. Does gym, a, like, do kids in gym class play with hula hoops? Like I don't know no. what gym class is now. Actually, my kids' school has hula hoops, right? I'm sure they. But they don't, don't use know. it as a hula hoop, right? They probably use it as like they jump through it, or I don't know. They they don't like, probably actually put it around their waist. And but yeah, I, Maggie, you always underestimate how little young athletes know about the older athletes. They. They really. Guys, that's okay. That's us making fun of the intern because he didn't know what the miracle at the Meadowlands was. This isn't. <laughs> no, you no. know what a hula hoop <laughs> they is. They don't know Michael Jordan played basketball. They know him as a fashion designer. I'm telling you, it <laughs> he's, is. It's he's ubiquitous. not a fashion designer. Well, I'm just saying. The Jordan brand, you mean? Yeah, I think. <laughs> It is incredible what young people don't know is always shocking to me. Remember that intern we had who was pretty knowledgeable in sports? It wasn't just the miracle of the Meadowlands. He didn't know things from 2012. <laughs> he, he didn't know. Well, he's got the internet now. He Why does he need Usain, to know it? Because he was four years old when Usain Bolt won his first gold medal. <laughs> it probably was. I, who was it? Was it Brock Purdy who said that he's been, that Tom yeah. Brady has been alive longer? Tom Brady's been playing football longer than he's been alive. Yes. And it's true. Oh, I think he I was know. born four <laughs> days before Tom Brady's first start at Michigan or something. It's insane. No, no, no. no. I think it was the pros. First, first start at the Patriots, right? Yeah. It's right around the same time. Yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> That's weird. Ooh. That just made everybody got get real quiet on the show. But they know what a hula hoop is. Kids know what a hula hoop and a yo-yo is. Yeah, and they're vegans. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Only in Tennessee. <laughs> they're not vegans. That's why you owe me five dollars. Uh, okay, we've got a lot to do today. Coming up next, it is Heisman season. So why not talk to a Heisman Trophy winner? Danny Werfel won the Heisman in 96. Get his thoughts on who he thinks deserves the award this year. Don't move. 
Maggie and Perloff, so much to do today. Glad you're along for the ride with us. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We're back with Danny Werfel in just a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. And this is a big week, Perloff. This is a big week for the Heisman. It's a big week for college football. It's a big week for everybody. And with that in mind, we're so pleased to be joined by Danny Werfel. Of course, he won the Heisman in 1996. They won a national championship at Florida and now has a trophy named after him that's all about community service in college football. Danny, thanks so much for the time today. Hey, Maggie, Andrew, it's great to be with you. Thank you. So I imagine this time of year has to bring up a lot of great memories. When you think back to 96, what's the first thing that comes to mind? You know, the the end of that year was so remarkable. We were ranked number one and we lost the regular season last game to Florida State. So it kind of felt like we were out of it. Then we beat Alabama. We get this rematch and then the award stuff happens and I'm, I'm getting my name called. It seems surreal. Didn't even seem Actually, like, it was like a dream at the time, and and uh, and then this whirlwind. It was my, I graduated um, from college. Like so many things happened. It's taken me many years to kind of unwind and really experience the emotions of all of it. It was an unbelievable time. And Danny, you get extra credit because back in the '90s, other positions other than quarterback won the award. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of people who say it's become a quarterback award and other positions don't get the fair shot? Yeah, I mean, that is that is sort of true. I think the way offenses have evolved, the quarterbacks are not just now throwing the ball, they're running the ball. They're, they're really the, the instrumental part of their team in so many ways. You know, we had a string of running backs from Alabama for a while. Um, you know, this could have been a unique year where, you know, uh, just a dominant, even non-offensive player, you know, could have gotten thrown in the mix. It would have been been fun to see. Um, but uh, the, the voters have stuck with, with these guys who have shined on their team. And, and then to their credit, we got four really neat young men with great stories coming to New York. Who do you think is the deserving Heisman Trophy winner this year? Man, that's, that's tough. Uh, I think you could really build a case for all of them. I don't think any one of them is head and shoulders above the rest. They've all had great things. I do think, from what I've seen and heard, not, not necessarily sharing my vote because we're not supposed to, but I do think uh, Caleb from uh, USC is, is probably the front runner at this point, if there is one. But 
I think the other the other folks are very deserving and uh, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a very exciting night Saturday night to see who actually wins. Danny, when you watch USC quarterback Caleb Williams, I'm assuming you see a lot of yourself when he uh, <laughs> escapes from the pressure and spins around and throws the ball 60 yards against his body. You could do all that, right? That's really what comes to mind. Yeah, that, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't yeah. get a lot of credit for my running ability because I never did it or could. Uh, but you know, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete uh, doing great things and uh, just, uh, you know, in a great system for him and just uh, a lot of success. And played through adversity, had some toughness, played this injury. So a lot of things that I think uh, are really commendable. Danny Werfel is our guest. Of course, he's got the Werfel Trophy, which is going to be handed out tomorrow. Very deserving. It's all about community service. And the the young man who wins that is actually going to be invited to New York to take part in all of the Heisman festivities as well, which I know you're very proud of, Danny. I I guess besides maybe the obvious, which is, enjoy the moment, try to be present. What is other advice you would give to a Heisman Trophy winner? Maybe something a little bit deeper, something that you've now taken the last few years to reflect on. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, I think that I'll never forget what Jerry Spurrier told me, Coach Spurrier's wife that night. She said, you know, you really have no idea what this will mean for you till, till your life moves on. And of course, as a young kid, like, you know, what does that mean? But it certainly has been, you know, the, the, the experience of winning it is almost overwhelming. You've got 7,000 interviews. You go to all these, they say they're called receptions, but they're autograph and photo lines that just go on for hours. And so it's a very exhausting uh, weekend, the weekend you win. Uh, often what I tell them is, hey, man, uh, you know, you're going to enjoy this a lot more in the years to come. It's one of my wife and I's favorite trips uh, every year. New York City is wonderful to be part of this fraternity. And the, you know, the Heisman Trophy, I mean, it's a really bizarre thing. I don't know what you could compare it to, but very few things, I think, attach themselves to a person as much as this. Like, you know, uh, somebody could, could win a Nobel Peace Prize or something, a Pulitzer Prize, and still be introduced as the former Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, it's just <laughs> such an iconic experience that sticks with you. So, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Dan. You've, I don't know if you've been in these commercials, but you've certainly seen the Nissan Heisman House commercials. I know you've done some things with Nissan. You had to live with all the Heisman Trophy winners. You're all under one roof, just like a commercial. <laughs> Who would you room with? And I'm going to immediately take off. It can't be a Gator. It can't be Tebow. It can't be Spurrier. You have to live with somebody from another school. <laughs> Which Heisman winner are you bunking up with? I mean, is this just like, hey, we're going to hang out for the weekend and we're going to have fun? Because then you got guys like Mike Brazier and others who are just super or is this somebody i'm gonna have to live with for like six months six months bunk bed <laughs> uh six months bunk bed. you keep uh, ratcheting well, up yeah, the yeah. stakes here bro. Yeah. Okay. all right i'll give you three just like the heisman vote i get three votes there you go, uh, go ahead. i think my first choice would be charlie ward uh one of the most kindest soft-spoken nicest guys you'll meet and then uh eric crouch has become a good friend and just a really neat guy and I had a really fun conversation with Jason White uh, years ago and just seemed like a very uh, down-to-earth guy uh, from Oklahoma. So uh, if I thought about it longer, I'd probably pick out a few more. Um, but those I are top three. I have one. I would want to live with Devontae Smith. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> He's small. He doesn't dig up a lot of room. <laughs> I, he looks very neat. And I think that's something that I would want in a Heisman you know, like there you go. Or somebody, they would leave their clothes everywhere. <laughs> I'd go for, for neat. 
Maggie, do you got anyone you want to live with? You know, I was thinking, uh, well, Kyler Murray likes to play video games. And I feel like I, I'm lacking that in my life. You know, I, I'm, I need to catch up on the last 20 years of video games. And I think Kyler Murray would help me do that. I'm assuming I have time on my hands if I'm living in the Heisman house. Um, that's a good, that's a good choice. If you want to do video games, I'm not sure that probably the best goal for you at this point, but maybe so. <laughs> yes. As I'm approaching 40, maybe this is not the time to pick up a video game habit. That's each their own. Um, Want to ask you about Anthony Richardson. Perloff and I had a chance to interview him early on in the season. Obviously a bright guy who's got a bright future. He's decided he's going to the draft. He's not going to play in the bowl game. Now, some pundits have speculated, Danny, that that's a mistake, that he should go back to Florida for a little more seasoning. What do you think? Well, here's where I've got sort of my head and my heart at odds a little bit. Um, you know, my heart, uh, just as a Gator and, and, and knowing him and knowing the program, uh, just really feel like it'd be special and, and good for him to come back. You know, when I get into my, my head and I think about this a little bit, um, I think this comes down to where, where are the projections having him and, and how accurate are they? And, you know, if, if someone's telling you that you're going to be a first round draft pick and that you feel like it's reliable information, that's really hard to pass up. You know, he has had some struggles with injuries. And if he goes back, there is a chance he could get hurt in college and never get to experience that dream. So I think my head would push that direction with, with a slight caveat that, you know, I do think, you know, that the potential for him to develop as a quarterback, if he were to come back for another year, um, you know, he's just not going to get that opportunity to play that much in real situations against a, a competition in the college level where you can develop. It's really hard to develop as a backup player in the NFL. And if you're not ready, it's hard to not really stink as a, as a starting player in the NFL, which doesn't help you develop either. So it makes sense to me why he did it. I do think he could have developed a little bit more, but I am also sad that he's leaving. I like him. He's a, he's a fine young man with a great leader and we'll miss him at Florida. Danny, how would you describe Anthony Richardson as a player to someone who hasn't seen him? What are his skills like? Uh, well, I think that's off, off the chart. I mean, he, he can run like a Mack truck. Uh, he just got he can throw a beautiful ball, a real strong arm. He has tight release. Uh, he's a smart young man. I think uh, he's young. And, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of uh, expectations were put on him uh, prematurely a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the offense is a cool offense there, but it's not the easiest offense to learn and run as a quarterback. Uh, and so I think, you know, he got a little bit of a victim to too much expectations. And then, and then I think, you know, he had a couple of really inconsistent games early, but he battled back. But I think the thing that stands out is the combination of his ability, his arm talent and his leg talent. Um, and and he's, he's a beast of a player. Danny Warfel, I guess just a couple more for you, Danny, and appreciate you taking time. This is like probably your busiest time of year. You've got the Werfel Trophy, which of course is the premier trophy for college football in terms of community service, which I know is something that's really special and near and dear to your heart. You know, because of the COVID seasons, maybe this is a little different, but you have guys who have now played like a Hendon Hooker who's spending five years in college. Before that was usually just Perloff's good friend, Case Keenum and guys like that. But you're going to have guys who are older because of the transfer portal, because of the ability made by NIL to stay in college a little bit longer. Do you think that should be a positive for them when they get to the pro level? Like should general managers and presidents of football teams in the NFL say, Hey, this guy's 25. That's actually a good thing. Or do you think we're still going to value youth over, over everything uh, when it comes to the draft process? Yeah, it is interesting that we could have some 
regular college players that are about as old as Chris Winkie by the time they, <laughs> they get done with their college career. Never thought we'd say that. I think it's got to be a positive. I mean, every year at that point that you're maturing and growing and getting experience and every rep you take in practice matters. Every rep you get in a game matters. And, you know, where in the past you might have a guy that starts one season or two. Now you may have a, somebody that started three or four seasons and maybe even at two or three or four different offenses and different schools, different coaches. So I can't see that as a negative. I think that the more, the, the more experience you get, and, and, you know, especially as a quarterback, if you're thinking quarterback centric, every rep is so important. Okay. As long as we're talking about older athletes, <laughs> that's a perfect segue. Oh dear. It's like you and me, Danny pickleball is the sport. <laughs> I've been telling Maggie, it turns out you're pretty good. Well, wait a minute. We've got some audio yeah. evidence. This is Danny Werfel, Heisman Trophy what? winner, national champion, playing pickleball. Look at Werfel oh, fight it off. Oh, and it's tagged Chuck Taylor for the win. Amazing work. Taylor, not too happy that that's the way it ends. Werfel, you're a savage out there on the pickleball court. You're taking no prisoners. You're taking names. I'm not sure who Chuck Taylor is, but you're playing with a celebrity like Pro-Am with the guy who created Entourage. This is a new passion for you? Well, uh, there's several things. One, pickleball is an actually fantastic sport with a really weird name. Uh, it's, it's one of the most amazing sports that anyone can play on an entry level, but is challenging enough to play at, at the highest levels. And I love it. Uh, I, I love playing it. And we were able to put together a celebrity pro-am pickleball where we have some of the best pickleball pros in the world. Yes, there are people that are devoted pros making a lot of money. Uh, and then celebrities that play. And we raised a lot of money for Desire Street and the Wolf Foundation. And so uh, I'm really happy that pickleball uh, exists. I love it and uh, look forward to playing a lot more. Well, you could be in New York this weekend. You could just take a little ferry ride over to Brooklyn. We could meet Pier 2. <laughs> Sun comes Pearl up needs 730. A yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just bring your paddles with you, Danny, to New York. <laughs> All right, my friend. Don't don't tempt me. <laughs> uh, the Danny Warfel Trophy, the Warfel Trophy. I know you're so proud of this. It, it's taken some years. You now have the winner of this, the young man who uh, is devoted to community service, things off the field is going to, are going to be coming to New York to take part in the festivities. Um, you have to be, just be thrilled. I am so proud. You know, it's, it's sports is a great thing, but so often the, the individual athletes that get the attention, either they're the best player on the best team or they did something wrong. And so this is a way to shine the light on some amazing young men. We had 109 nom nominees. I mean, think about that 109 division one players that are doing great work and, and we're trying to tell their stories. Our three finalists, Tanner Morgan from Minnesota, Dylan Gibbons from Florida State, and Patrick Fields, who was in Oklahoma and transferred to Stanford. Three amazing young men. They all three deserve to win this award. And uh, we're really excited that whoever wins will be uh, on display in, in sense and the visibility of them and what they've done will go to New York to be part of the Heisman. So we're thrilled, man. The world is pretty divided, as some of us know. Uh, and, uh, and anything we can do to to lead and encourage people to, to service and unity. That's what I'm about. And I'm really proud of the Warfare Trophy. Danny can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Enjoy the weekend because of the Warfare Trophy, because of the reunion with all of your Heisman brethren. I'm sure it's a lot of fun and uh, we'll catch up and talk to you soon. We didn't get Drew Brees, the um, scouting report on Drew Brees as a pickleball player is mm. what. Oh yeah. If you go watch the whole video, we played them, but it may not be on there though. Maybe we edited that part out for, 
other reasons. Maggie, it's great visiting with you. Andrew, thanks. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Thanks, thanks so Danny. much, Danny. Appreciate that. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Okay, so yesterday, Perloff's like, I got something for you guys. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. I got a game I want to play. And there was so much stuff going on and so much news that we never got to it. Uh, okay, and you can't wait to do this. We have no idea what it is, though. You won't tell us anything. You didn't want to tell TV. Like, we've got, we're have got, we all in the dark yeah. here about what you want to do, but yeah. you keep telling us how awesome it's going to be. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe that was an overstatement. I didn't want to tell you <laughs> because... Is this Laker Laker Part 2? Th- this is a movie <laughs> game. Okay. And if you had had your radar out for these movies, you would have seen the commercials and known if it was a real Oscar contender or a movie title that I made up. Hit the music. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, so the game is, is this an actual Oscar movie or something you created out of thin air? Yes. I looked up. <laughs> I was passed a story from Variety Magazine, the top 50 Oscar contenders for best film. Okay. And I had never heard of any of them. You know, you're right. I'm, I'm going into this totally blind. You I have are. no so idea. I'll go around. I'll go around the room to all of you. I'll go Maggie first, okay. then Mike, then Stu. Is Hustle not one of them? <laughs> uh, it should be. Excellent movie. Okay. Let us begin with Maggie. Okay. The movie is called Babylon. It is a story of the rise and fall of multiple characters during Hollywood's transition from silent to sound films in the 1920s. Is this an Oscar contender or a made-up movie? (laughs) Uh, Oscar contender? Bingo! Yeah, I've never heard of it, but it sounds kind of (laughs) good. Doesn't that sound like Rochelle Rochelle (laughs) from (laughs) Seinfeld? Okay, Uh, who's next? Samter. Sure. Okay. The Deep End of the Sea. Hmm. Let me get the synopsis. This is going to be a big determiner. A searing portrait of the Finnish immigrant community efforts to adapt to life in 1950s Great Britain. The Deep End of the Sea. Is that an Oscar contender or a movie that I just made up? Finnish immigrants in the UK? Perloff, if if this is made up, you are the most clever, hilarious person I've ever met. This has to be a real movie. You could not have made that up. That is completely made up. Wow. All right. <laughs> Stuart Kovacs. Okay. I know you're riding high. Aaron Judge resigned with the Yankees. Hey, See if don't we can bring, bring me down, you down here. to earth. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. The Sun. The Sun. Spelled S O N. Okay. A couple years after his parents divorced, 17-year-old Nicholas no longer feels that he can stay with his mother, Kate. So he moves in with his father, Peter. <laughs> That's all I'm telling you. That's all you get. Sounds yeah. like a story one of my friends was telling me the other day. Okay. The feel, sun. Yeah. It feels kind of made up, so I'm going to say Perloff made it up. You would be very wrong. Ah. <laughs> uh. It is a 2022 movie that could be nominated for an Oscar. Now, I don't understand why anyone would see this movie. <laughs> it sounds like, hey, did you hear about uh, Nicholas and Kate? They got divorced <laughs> and they moved here. I, it starts Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, uh, and Anthony Hopkins. So it's got a pretty good cast. Okay. Maggie, you're up. Wow. We get a second round? Yes. Lovely. This movie is called All Rabbits Die. All rabbits die. Oh my gosh, I hope to God you didn't make that up because we'd have to have a psychoanalysis on you. Um, All right, you want the synopsis? Yeah, please. The story of a terminal cancer patient who lives his final days with an Alaskan wolf pack. All rabbits die. 
Oscar contender. So sad. Or made up movie. <laughs> Honestly, if you made that up, I'm concerned about you as a friend and a co-host. I think it's got to be real. Uh, you made that up. <laughs> all rabbits die. Are you all right? Do you need <laughs> a hug? Talking about a wolf pack, and the title is "All Rabbits Die." Oh, there's a kid with terminal cancer. I gotta tell you, what is wait happening? Till, I'm not reading you. The, the real Oscar contenders or. <laughs> 2,000 times more depressing. All right, we'll do one the more The deep you. end of the sea and all rabbits die are the <laughs> fake ones you have. Okay. Uh, let's do... Sampler. The Eternal Daughter. The Eternal Daughter. Oh. An artist <laughs> and her mother confront long-buried secrets when they return to a former family home. The Eternal Daughter. This sounds like you're, you're reading like a horror story synopsis here. <laughs> um... Uh, you know, Eternal Daughter. I, I do know that this is starring Meryl Streep and Steve Carell. <laughs> uh, and the daughter is, is uh, I don't know. I'm going to say real movie. You are right. It's sorry, Tilda Swinton. You Tilda were pretty Swinton. Darn That's funny. what I meant. That's <laughs> who I meant. Of course. Uh, Eternal so Daughter. Eternal Daughter. Uh, of the Spotless okay. Mind? Yeah. Last one. <laughs> Last one. Stu Kovacs. Okay. Empire of Light. Empire of Light. Real movie. <laughs> Or something Perloff made up. A romance develops in a beautiful old cinema on the south coast of England in the 1980s. Empire of Light. Gonna say made-up movie. You would be wrong. That is Sam Mendes' oh latest, uh, latest movie. Uh, okay, so I won't do it anymore, but can I tell you some of the other movies? All Rabbits Die is the only thing that <laughs> I am going to yeah. take away from. There's tears streaming down my if face If you were right going to make up a fake name, Empire of Light sounds like a made-up Oscar yes, movie does. from sci-fi. Yes. And it's an actual Oscar. The other ones, listen to these. There is, the front runners are Women Talking, She Said, <laughs> Amsterdam, Babylon, White Noise, The Woman King, Bardo. Uh, the Sun is up there. 13 Lives. They're all more depressing than it. Is Argo <laughs> the, the, the sequel of Argo? I have no idea. What happened when we knew the Oscar movies? Where's where's Marvel movies? It is a, <laughs> well, they're, <laughs> not getting, they're not getting uh, nominated for Oscars, remember? Who said that they're not real actors? They're just... Didn't somebody dunk on yeah. like the Marvel actors saying they're not movie stars? Someone said that recently. Oh, uh, yeah, my, my favorite one. Was, Spielberg or something? No, the reason I thought it was, was like Empire of Light cannot be a real movie about a oh, romance. Tarantino said it, thank you. Okay, the real frontrunners. The Fablemans is right now the Vegas favorite. Okay, the, that's Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. We've seen yeah. that. They play that. Babylon is second. I told you what it was earlier, but I don't even remember. Still don't anymore. remember. Sure. Uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which is... I, a, I saw that. It's about an immigrant community, yeah. right? Yeah, it's uh, about a mother-daughter relationship. Uh, and it's really, but it told in a very insane way. Women talking. Okay. <laughs> Tar, which actually people have said. She said, The Woman King, The Banshees of Inishirin, which is Colin Farrell. That one actually, it's getting a lot of talk. Bardo. Has anyone figured out you what Bardo is? I think I've and realized Empire something. Of Light. If they are not advertising during a sporting event, I do not know yeah. what it is. No, if, no, there's, no. <laughs> if you have not, if you're not also. I don't have uh, Susie Culber, like, you know, tossing to the trailer of it on Monday Night Football <laughs> halftime show after Boomer does three minutes. There's no chance I know what movies are. Here's Bardo, and you'll love this description. A renowned Mexican journalist and documentary filmmaker returns home and works through an existential crisis as he grapples with his identity and familial relationships. That, this... It's basically, that's the fake one that I did. Everyone. <laughs> Wait, speaking of existential crisis, did you read the story about Andrew Luck? 
No. The recent story about Andrew Luck from Seth Wickersham yesterday. Yeah. It's interesting. So Luck sits down for like a variety of interviews and really kind of bears his soul about what happened. He essentially was going through like a pretty massive identity crisis and could not see himself outside of being a quarterback. And it was really troubling to him. Also, his shoulder was yeah. massively hurt. But one nugget from um, the story about Andrew Luck he kind of was always known as like the good guy, right? And and I think he still is a good guy, but about how smart he is and everything. This is how much of a control freak that Andrew Luck ended up being as a quarterback. He said he would go to dinner with people and order for them. Can you imagine? That's weird. Have you ever sat at a table? If that's different if someone's like, hey, I've been to this restaurant before. I know this menu inside and out. Let me order for the table. They have a couple specialties here. I'm not talking about that. He would say, Samter, you're getting the linguine with clams. And Stu, you're getting the lasagna. And Maggie, you're getting the, you know, veal parmesan. And Perloff's getting the gnocchis. Like, that's what he would do. That is so odd. Yeah, I've I have a friend who, who every Chinese restaurant we go to, granted, it's kind of family style, but he'll right. just order everything. It's like, well, I don't eat that. Like, I'm not interested in having... You know, tongues. Yeah, I don't yeah. want that. Very, it's very frustrating, but it is much more weird to like have individual plates and to tell yeah, people right. what they're going to order. Family style is maybe a little different, right? Like, again, if someone knows the menu well, you can be like, oh, let me just order for the yeah, table. Yeah. This is like, you're going to get a Diet Coke. It's like, but I don't drink soda. At a family style, I'm happy to let people order. You order know. for you? Oh, yeah. If I'm at a restaurant that I don't know and someone else knows, please. Because I'll eat I'm not super picky. I do like that, but I also, sometimes I want to look at the menu and try something that I like. No. Well, let me ask you this. When Am I the party pooper? When it's a family style, you can't be the person who's be like, well, I'm going to order my own. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Also, That's a bad <laughs> So this was something that my husband had to get used to when we first started dating. And if you go out to eat with my family, whether you're related to us or not, we all try each other's food. So you can't like defend your plate. Everyone has to give a bite to everybody. Yeah. And I, at first he was, was like, like wait, that. what? I'm like, yep, pass it over. What'd you get the salmon? <laughs> I'll take a bite of that. Yeah, that. And I'll give you a bite back. That would be that would be trouble because like when I order a dish, I always have envy of whatever else whatever everyone else orders, but I know they have envy about my order too, and I refuse to share off of my plate unless it's like an intimate relationship. Like boyfriend, husband, fine, but nobody else nope. is eating off of my plate. I had a friend who almost stabbed me in the hand with their fork one time. <laughs> <laughs> you need new friends. Um, well, after high school, of course, I don't really have many from the yo-yo tricks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Your dad put the kibosh on it for you. Thanks, Dad. Um, let's go to Rich. He's in Chicago. Rich, only left you about 30 seconds, bud, but what's on your mind? Uh, real fast. Yeah. I got a, a couple of pearls for you and Perloff. Uh, I was digging through the data to try to see what is a direct correlation. This one's for Perloff. Uh, I looked at the number of uh, SEC players by roster. They already have a third of the NFL because Perloff is right. But all of these successful teams have 19 or, or more, and the bottom feeders are the Bears and and uh, the Colts with nine. So I don't know who they're drafting, but obviously <laughs> there's a direct correlation of talent transferring to the NFL roster. And then the last thing for you guys, and this is for you, Maggie, yeah. the, the fourth-quarter point production versus the defensive uh, point production of holding teams. The top five teams are all the top five teams. And the worst teams, mm. the worst teams in fourth quarter are the Bears, Denver, and Baltimore Ravens. So the, you should factor that in when you want to make a play. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Rich. You've always been spot on with your advice. Thanks for giving it to us. Yeah, you know, it's, the thing about with that all sounds really relevant and, and true, but I get in my head and then I overthink myself. Yeah, and then before you know it, you're laying eight and a half with the Ravens, just like, why did I do this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah remember we last week we tried to talk you off the ledge with that Ravens pick? <laughs> and I actually tweeted you right before the game. I'm like, yeah, as long as Lamar Jackson's not hurt, they're going to cover easily. Yes, I said... You and I think that's why friends. he got hurt. I think that's why he got hurt. I should never have said that. <laughs> it was a big kibosh. Thank you, Rich, for that. That is interesting about the rosters and how many SEC players they yeah, have on it. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up in the next hour, David Sampson, former Marlins president, will weigh in on the Aaron Judge contract and Baker. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.